Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Here to uh, talk about the next installment of the RPG course, so the, the third installment this is the epic saga well, i'm going to give you a bit of an overview of uh, what this course is about and uh, what's what's happening at least can help me with some of the details because i'm always fuzzy on some of the details in terms of when we're when we're launching and so forth um so this is the third course in our series on the rpg and the first course was the core combat course where we taught Basically, you know, all the movement and that and the kind of really core mechanics of an RPG, click to move, all that sort of stuff. Second one was the inventory course where we took a, uh, a look at creating an inventory asset that is essentially dependent of uh, RPGs. You don't have to do it in, in an RPG and we show you how to implement it in our particular RPG project. So that's inventories, pickups, dropping things, all of this into the saving system. And our third installment is Dialogue and Quests. So as it would suggest, as the name would suggest, we're building, first of all, a dialogue system, usual kind of thing, walk up to an AI, click to chat, do a dialogue tree with them with multiple options, and have your dialogue have effects in the world. So you might take on a quest, you might um, uh, anger the guard and he attacks you, you might um, just have a funny little conversation with, a, with an AI and more about the world. Uh, and on top of this, the dialogue system is then going to be integrated with a questing system, which we're also building as part of this course, where you're going to be able to have a quest list with multiple objectives per quest, uh, track your progress through the objectives, knowing where you are at any particular point, and then getting rewards for your for completion of quests. So that's then going to integrate back with um, our part two inventory system and be able to uh, award items for the completion of a quest. So those two are they're gonna they work well together quests and dialogue work very well together which is why we're putting them together in a course um however they don't have to be you don't have to implement them into an rpg it's not rpg specific uh, we're just using the rpg as a project to show you how you can integrate it into your and we are you could take either of the two systems into a game you don't have to have the dialogue with the quests you could just have a questing system in your game if for example you're implementing a first person shooter it's more shoot no talk and if you're just doing a, a dialogue system where you just want to be able to talk to people around the world without having quests and so on you can have that too they're quite loosely coupled systems that we can integrate together quite easily but and they work well together but they are not actually um, completely inseparable if that makes sense so that's the aim with this course and through the process we're going to be touching on some very interesting things one of the main things that we're going to really meaty things we're going to be tackling and um, doing in this course is teaching how to do editor based stuff so we're going to be creating the whole dialogue editor from scratch. I did debate whether we should, you know, take some off the shelf components, try and uh, make a very simple dialogue system where we don't need an editor. But I really thought there's not much out there that teaches you how to make dialogue editors or any kind of advanced editors 
in Unity. So, and the API there is really poorly documented. So that's what I decided to take on. And the first section we dive basically right in and teach you how to make your own custom editors based on custom scriptural objects in Unity, which will allow you to make a dialogue editor, obviously. But beyond that, the aim is to really teach you how to well, how to how to make the, as as one of our reviewers put it very very beautifully, I thought it's it's a great example of making the editor work for you and not working around the editor. So we don't have to be in the position where we're saying, okay, well, Unity sets up our scriptable objects like this, so I guess I have to, you know, twi tinker around and waste lots of time. No, you can create. This is the great thing about editors as they're entirely about making life easier for you the, as a game designer to smash out your game because really all the work hard work of making a game happens in in game design it happens in making that game from just a, a set of you know a co load of code and a load of functionality into something that's actually fun to play so that's why uh, we've put so much focus into the uh, editor section so that's the one that's currently uh, finished and out there with the, the review group. And uh, the other stuff that we're going to be covering is going to include making the in-game UI to display the dialogue and run through the dialogue, as well as uh, all the triggering and conditional components um, that hang off the dialogue so that you can integrate it with any of your gameplay. You can trigger events, you can make it conditional upon what hat the 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 player is wearing, you know, particularly fancy hat, you might want to trigger a, a, a piece of comic dialogue off the back of that. All those kinds of things uh, you're going to be able to do with this system is very flexible. And then we're going to implement the quests as the last step to, again, doing a quest list UI and then having all the quest uh, components in the background that allow you to trigger quests, to complete quests, and to uh, integrate both the dialogue system in game and the quest system in game with our own save system asset, which if you've taken any of the RPG courses you will be familiar with, it's we touch upon it a lot, it's very core to that game and to any game that you're going to use really. So we've had a few questions coming in, so I'm going to turn to the AMA live channel, answer a question from there, and then I'll ask a question or see if anybody has any questions they want to ask in the voice lounge as well. So Marcus, first of all, thank you for speaking up in the voice lounge a little bit earlier. So apart from the already mentioned editor API, do you introduce any other intermediate concepts in this course, interfaces, delegates, etc.? Yes, we do. So, and the, and the idea here is that though it is the third part in our RPG series, you do not have to have done any of the RPG series in order to take this course. We will give you the RPG series project as it stands so far. Um, as a starting point, we will cover anything that we touch. We will tell you why it's there and how to how to edit it, how to change it. And But a lot of the stuff that we're going to be developing is going to be from scratch, new scripts, new code. So we won't be touching a lot of the old stuff. And as such, it's just going to be an example of how you can integrate into an existing project. Uh, but the question, back to the question, uh, any other intermediate concepts here? So we've got, uh, uh, in, so interfaces and delegates. Yeah, we're going to be doing delegates and events. Um, we're not going to be covering them in too much detail. 
other courses have done that already. So we're going to be covering them in enough detail to use them, but not going uh, into too much detail. We're going to cover things like the iron numerator and yield return functions, so functions that contain yield returns. So yeah, um, and we're going to, another advanced topic that we're going to be covering is um, the building Unity UI using the auto layout system. So you may, if you've used any of the Unity UI stuff in the past, you may be familiar with the concept of the rect transform and how the rect transform has these things called anchors and you can set up stuff like that. However, there's this kind of alternate layout system called the auto layout system in Unity UI, which allows you to take cues from the content you're laying out. So if, for example, you are, you've got an image, it will have a preferred size, and you can use that preferred size to automatically rescale the rest of your UI around that image. Same thing goes for text. So this is going to be heavily used in both our dialogue system and our quest list system to show the, to rescale the UI and make it appropriately sized for the different size dialogue. You say you might have a large chunk of dialogue or a very small chunk of dialogue. You want the dialogue window to rescale around that. So I hope that answered your question, Marcus. Will this have the same approach as the inventory one, where you just show code, or will it be more like the first one where you actually show the coding? We've had a lot of feedback along those lines, so we're going to be doing it more like core combat. It's going to be a, a do, write all the code together kind of approach rather than showing the code. The only examples where we'll be showing the code is where it's already been covered in a previous course. So if we're integrating with a system that's already been built, we'll be running through the code and saying, you know, this is how it works. This is how we're going to integrate with it. This is how we're going to edit it. And we'll show you all the edits there, but we're not going to rebuild any of that for obvious reasons. We can't rebuild the whole course. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully that's going to be a more popular option. I know that the way we did the inventory course was less popular, which is why we've decided to go this way. Hopefully, you know, some people still really like that approach. And so it's going to upset those <laughs> those folks. Uh, we can't get everyone happy. So, uh yeah <laughs> so but i also thought it was it's more appropriate in this course anyway uh, especially because we're doing this uh, very new concept of the dialogue editor so taking it really slow um makes a lot of sense there are we getting anything similar to the rpg unity course for unreal probably it's it's not i'll never say never right but uh, it's not on the cards right now <laughs> Hey guys, we're only we're only just getting to the end of this series in Unity after God God knows how many years. Um, we might need a little bit of a breather before we undertake it in Unreal, because um, while Unreal is amazing and has a lot of features that might speed some things along, I think it's still going to take a long time to <laughs> to make this whole thing in Unreal. So I'm, af I'm afraid, guys, it's not on the horizon for Unreal just yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it slightly makes me, likes me, makes me queasy at the thought of embarking upon that epic journey. Um, no pun intended. I, I think Luke, Luca was also asking about um, if you buy it on our course, will it be transferred to Udemy? We would love to be able to do that. We can't, sadly. So if you buy it on our course, it is, it's just going to stay, it's just going to stay on our, on our site. Um, Udemy no longer allow us to produce as many free coupons as we like. So we cannot give you courses for free on Udemy. 
unfortunately. So yeah, if you do if you do want to have it on Udemy, you're gonna have to wait until we release it on Udemy and buy it then. Or buy it, buy it twice. We're very happy as Is this the final course in the RPG series? Or it almost. So no, it's not it's not the final. Um it, it we won't be done at the end of this course. We are planning one more course. Um however, the final course uh, and I think I'm all right to say this may well just may be a free course um, because what we're going to be doing in that final course is really the wrap up. It's going to be and everything else. So so that's very likely to be a free course. I'm not entirely I'm not sure yet. Um, we're not 100 percent sure because it's going to uncover a, a couple of little odds and ends that haven't yet been covered, including uh, a bit of designing the game and getting to that final like here's a moment that uses all of the features we just built so it's going to yeah it use inventory it's going to use dialogue it's going to use quests it's going to use the combat it's going to use all of that and we'll just yeah create a small short probably five minute to play moment and that will be the the final um end point of the rpg series so having having included all of that and there are a couple of things still missing there so we need um we need to include special abilities i know that's that's um on on the roadmap still um it was included in the first iteration of core combat but then we left it out of the second iteration of core combat so that is going to come back in we already have um the action bar ready there we built that in the inventory system so you can drop special abilities in from your inventory into the action bar we just don't currently have a way of actually actioning those um <laughs> those special abilities just yet so yeah there's more coming there's more coming but uh it's it's very it's very close to wrapping up and we're hoping to to wrap it up um by about q1 to next year so um it's it's soon is there any courses planned for procedural generating levels or something along those lines no we d we don't have any anything on the cards yet for procedurally generating levels um i know procgen is one that folks want a lot of um so it it's yeah N not yet we're still, yes we're, we'll be looking at um things to do in the near future um, and this may work its way into some other experiments that we're we're working on that are not necessarily courses so we'll see how that goes um, but yeah we're aware that this is a, a very sought after topic um, it'd be a lot of fun to do so I'd love to do it but again not not on the not on the roadmap just yet are you going to cover cutscenes in a future RPG course we covered um, some sort I don't know what you mean by cutscenes, Luca. Here, maybe you can chime in on the voice lounge if you wanted to clarify your question. Um, but we did some sort of fly-through cutscenes on the f the core combat course. So you would walk across a bridge, and then it would you know fly through, showing you all the enemies and where your target destination is, that kind of thing. Um, and then resume and give you control again. So um, is that, does that cover your question? What elements have been left out from traditional RPGs would you have liked to implement? Um, and then, oh, Azrael Studios, you've asked a really interesting question. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that uh, we will likely not be including. Sad, saddens me to say, but it, it's really hard to... Um, it's hard enough to make a game that includes all these features, let alone a whole series of courses. So one thing that we, we dropped fairly early on 
was the concept of having a uh, an RPG that you could both use keyboard and mouse to control and a controller. So we so that that kind of mixed interface we we did away with it would have made a lot of things much too complicated to teach such as how do you do a, a nice ui that works for both controller and keyboard uh, or both controller and mouse rather so because then you can't do things like dragging um so that's that's one thing we we had to give up unfortunately um what else what are some of the other big ticket items that we're not going to include so i I'll, I'll I'll start with some of the things that we are going to include that are still um, on the cards. Uh, that's going to be we're going to have some some concept of stores. So the idea of you of you walk up to a seller, see what his wares are. You have some amount of coin currency, whatever, and you can buy and sell stuff from your inventory to his inventory and vice versa. We are going to have that probably in part four. Um, as I mentioned, special attacks, special abilities, healing, that sort of thing is going to come still in part four. Um, also, giving different attribute points to your characters. So when you level up, giving perhaps more strength or stamina or um, dexterity to your character and allowing those character attributes to influence the way you fight or the way you do business or whatever whatever you want to do so having those kind of character classes and distributing points uh between them that's still all to come hopefully in part four so those are things we will be doing um there's a long laundry list of things that we probably won't be doing such as uh achievements uh opening and looting chests although that's a pretty straightforward extension of the inventory system we've already got you i, I a lot of these things are we're not going to do them because to some extent it's a great challenge for you to go ahead and try and implement these things. Um, and I, I, so in some senses, it would be robbing you of the opportunity to, to go and implement this stuff. So opening and looting chests, a basic crafting system of combining elements together. I know for a fact that there's already a student who has built a basic crafting system. Um, so do go and search the forum for that, because if you want to know how to do that, I'm sure they'd be happy to share um, their code. In fact, I think we've got a blog post on it. Is that is that right, Lucy? I think we do. Um, we've got a, yes. Yeah, so we've, we've already got a blog post on that, but that's not something we're going to cover in the course. So a lot of this stuff that we aren't covering in the core course, we hope to in some way cover either via blog posts or showcasing student work um, or just challenging you to get these things to be done. Um, so what other things have we got here? We aren't going to have a pause menu. We're going to have a menu, but it's not actually pausing the game. Um, but again, that's something that you could extend to do uh volume controls control mapping you know all those kinds of um, game options and customization we're not going to go into that that's a bit too um it's a bit too generic for an rpg game to be fair we're trying to cover in this rpg series um topics that are crucial to an rpg you know dialogue crucial to an rpg saving obviously we need to have saving and there's quests there's inventory there's combat those things are really really core to how an rpg operates Whereas control mapping and that sort of stuff, that's, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't need to be in an RPG course. Fast travel between locations we're not going to do. But again, this is an extension that you might want to want to try for yourself just because it's going to be laborious 
to put together. Uh, it's going to require us to make a lot of maps and UIs and stuff like that. But it's all skills that you will have from having completed the series. But it's something that would just be laborious to watch me do on screen. Um, so that's, those are the kinds of things we're trying to avoid. Doors and keys. No, we're not going to have that. But it's going to be fairly straightforward that you could have an item in your inventory and have a door that checks whether that item is there. Day-night cycles we're not going to do. Again, same, same kind of thing as the world map. It's something that's not really RPG-specific. Um, um, Easter eggs, games up, uh, updates game updates and how to distribute them i think we're not going as far as that um i think at this point it's not it's not the right time uh yeah so i think those are some of the, the rpg things that we're not including do ask if there was anything else will there be a course in multiplayer either couch or mmo rpg so someone has just asked um multiplayer with the rpg um so that's also something we're not including we're not going to be talking about um how to make this particular game multiplayer so if you do want to make the game multiplayer uh, good luck to you it's going to be difficult for a start because we we know that uh multiplayer rpgs especially massively multiplayer ones are a huge undertaking one of the largest kind games that you could hope to achieve um so just just consider your uh your ability as as you know an individual developer or a very small team whether you'll be able to do this you'll need to keep the scope really limited you probably want to have much fewer um, features than than even we've put in uh, to our courses I really like, keep it to a super super minimal rpg um, and then we do have the unity multiplayer course so combining the skills of those two you should be able to go on and make a multiplayer rpg if you want to um, but I will caution you that that's that's quite an ambitious undertaking. So that's that's also something that we're not going to be covering as part of the RPG course. Multiplayer is its own topic in its own right, and so it will be its own course as well. My question was more related to big cinematic cutscenes like Final Fantasy RPGs. No, so we we don't. But um, again, we we covered a bit of the use of timeline um, in making our Cinemachine cameras move around. Um, and you can use those con those concepts and that timeline to then trigger animations. So you can do the the more the the big cinematics where you know character A gets moved over here and he does a you know an, a certain animation. You play some audio and then you move the camera over there. That kind of stuff you can do using the same tools that that we used. Um, if you want to do like the really big cinematic cutscenes, you know the kind of pre-rendered. Basically, they're just playing you an mp4 so there's really not very much um to teach you there i think you can quite easily find a blog post or a set of instructions that will tell you how to play an mp4 in the middle of your game um so then the question just becomes about how are you going to actually create that cinematic which is more of a question for the blender course than it is for the unity course well we have a skill tree system lectures good question i didn't include that one in the in the list no um we're not planning to have a skill tree per se so um i assume by skill tree yeah we'd be putting kind of experience points into one direction or another uh we're, we're going more down the route of the attributes so you know the dexterity and so on so that would be that would be the kind of thing we're, we're trying to aim for um we may have uh in in that process 
we may have items or special abilities or swords that have requirements on them so you may have a sword that you can only wield if you are strength 10 for example so that's going to take us a little bit along the skill tree in the skill tree direction but it's not it's not quite the same as a skill tree system although i'm fairly confident that if you have taken the whole series you could invent or create your own skill tree system uh, especially with the knowledge of custom editors that you're going to have from the dialogue and quest system you can easily have a a tree editor because a dialogue system is fundamentally a node editor where you have nodes and you have children of those nodes and so on so that same kind of concept could be used to make a skill tree system a skill tree editor rather um but you don't even need to go that complicated probably with a skill tree system it is quite likely that you can express a skill tree simply uh, in, in scriptable object terms so um i do encourage you to to try it for yourself really but it's not something that we're going to cover explicitly now can you use a dialogue asset outside of unity it's that's quite difficult to do because the way it works with the unity editor stuff and the unity editor api is that it, it kind of relies upon the editor um being present if you when you make a build of a game it actually excludes all of the editor apis from it so uh, you would have to build an in-game system for, for to be a dialogue editor and that's just that's just slightly harder because the the editor ui has a lot of stuff built in such as an undo system and that really relies upon the editor um so the, the fact that you can say like hey i'm about to make a change to this object record and undo um and then automatically you know you're going to be able to hit Control z and it'll go back to before you made that change um all that kind of stuff's going to be thrown away so you'd be much you'd be much better off getting them to be able to use unity um yeah that's what that's what i recommend would a dialogue system use scriptical objects or pulling from json etc so there's two um two parts two two sets of data for, from that so um the first one's going to be your uh your designer's data so the designer and the and the script writer and you know the people who are, are creating the content for your game so there's that data uh the kind of editor time data before you launch the game and then there's all the data about when the when the game's being played and i assume you're asking about the former rather than the latter so obviously they like the when you're playing the game and what's what's the state of the quests and that sort of stuff that's going to be a question for uh putting in in the save file of your game so however you're doing that if you're using our saving asset then that's going to automatically put it into a, into a, a binary file for you on the file system uh if however we're talking about the data for for the dialogues etc uh, for me the the easiest thing of always when using unity is just to use its native data system which is scriptable objects um so either scriptable objects or um doing prefabs off of mono behaviors when that's appropriate but you know prefabs off of mono behaviors really only make sense when you're then going to be spawning that thing into the edit into the world so um where we've got 
something that doesn't really have a physical representation, doesn't really need to have components and mono behaviors, etc. Then we're going to be using scriptable objects. And scriptable objects give us all the flexibility we really need because they allow us to serialize down an object into essentially what is JSON. I think it's it's not quite JSON. I think if you open up a serialized scriptable object in a text editor, I think it's YAML, um, the serialization format used. But that's if you're interested in in serialization formats. Um, but yeah, basically, it's going to take it down to a text file. Using a separate database is really, I think, unnecessary. And the reason is databases are great when you have very frequent access and when you have multi-user access. So where you would want to use a database in a game is for managing a multiplayer game where you need to get a user's login details or a user's details. So when you log into Fortnite, for example, they're checking your name and username against a database, checking that, you know, it's still up to date because you haven't changed it via the browser, for example. So that's where the multi-user element comes in because their servers and their browser might have changed your password and then the game needs to have the most up-to-date information when it goes to check. So that's why a database is useful. <coughs> However, if we've just got data that we are shipping with the game and that Unity is basically just going to load into memory and reference that, then there's really no need for that to be in a database. The database isn't going to give you anything. It's just going to add weight. Is the quest system linear or branching? It is more linear in terms of the, the objectives displayed, but it's quite easy to do there won't be any kind of native support for branching quests. So saying, you know, if you do this, then trigger off this set of objectives. If you do that, trigger off a different set of objectives. <clears throat> Instead, what we're going to be doing is you, what you, the way you could do it using this system, and you can extend it to, to the point, you know, you can build on top of it to, to make branching quest lines. <clears throat> but the, the way we're going to uh, allow you to do that essentially is you can have a trigger off the back of completing a quest and that can trigger starting a new one so if if you've gone and completed an objective it might go and uh, com complete the quest and then give you give you a new one so that might be uh, quest variant a or if you'd you'd completed a different objective or if you've done something differently you might trigger off quest variant b but for simplicity we're keeping it down to just having linear quests at the moment, yeah. If we start now, will there be video lectures? A few gaps in my daily basis, that's for sure. Um, um, but some some days it's it's uh, a load of videos being added, a good like dozen or so, and then some days it's none. So there will be videos galore if you start now. You've, there's already a there's a lead up of about about five hours of content in there. So if you if you dive in now. I, you probably will struggle to catch up with me. The gaunt, the gauntlet, the gauntlet has been thrown. Yes. Will you be covering infinitely generated dialogue powered by deep learning? Not, not in this course. Um, no, it's that, that's a bit of an R and D effort, to be honest. I think um, I'd be interested if that you've got some examples of games that are actually doing this um, at the moment, because it it's not something that I've heard of other than. 
um, AI dungeon, which it does does basically entirely this. It does entirely text-based RPG, where the entire adventure is done is generated by AI. So you can literally, rather than selecting from a list of four options of what actions you're going to do in a particular scenario, you've got complete freeform decision. You can say, you know, I'm going to jump on one leg and sing the national anthem and then it's going to use the ai to try and figure out <laughs> how it should continue the story off the back of your decision so that that i thought was pretty cool but i don't know of many places many things that are yet doing this kind of stuff um i'd love to do more uh ai content in general so if that's stuff that you you guys are interested ai I should be uh, I should specify here because AI in games is usually usually means something a lot more stupid than AI in um, in research because AI in research tends to mean you know trying to approach human intelligence whereas in games it tends to be trying to fake human intelligence within the confines of this game so it tends to be a lot uh, the AI in games tends to be a lot dumber than the AI that we're trying to create to build self-driving cars and such like that um and this works because in games ais can cheat you know an ai doesn't have to recognize your player by the pixels on the screen it can just say okay player.transform what, what where is that player and it can cheat and figure out a lot of the hard things quite easily so that's uh, that's why it's a it's a quite a different problem um but that said i'd be i'd be really interested in doing more content on on the on the harder side of things like the reinforcement learning stuff that um that google is doing with games um and you know particularly kind of trying to beat atari games and trying to using your save system can quest chains span across scenes yeah yeah absolutely so i think if you recall the saving system had um had a way of providing for going across multiple scenes so the the way that worked is that it just saves the IDs. Yeah, exactly. The ID of an object, exactly. And so basically the way this is going to work is that the quest component is going to be a component on the player. So because the player spans scenes and has the same ID across scenes, it's going to load in the same quest data, whichever scene you're in. So... Um, so it should be able to retain your progress no matter which scene you go into. Yeah, it's very similar to the way that the inventory system is currently working because the inventory system is, again, a component on the player. Uh, you know, the player has an inventory. It's like they have their backpack. And um, all of the items that you could have in your inventory are in a resource folder in unity which is basically a signal to unity that it needs to load all of those scriptal objects when you load the game and the reason for that is because you never know which which objects a player might have in which particular scene they could have any object because they could go to the end of the, the game they could pick up the flaming sword of doom and then they could go back to the first scene so there's no way of really whittling down which scriptal objects you need to know about Regarding AI, any specific AI for some boss fights? Uh, no, not at the moment. Um, the moment the bosses are just bigger, harder versions of the normal enemies. So if you wanted to 
have the kind of boss fights where the the bosses have their, those sets of defined behaviors so they'll do so many attacks of one type and then so many attacks of another <coughs> that's something to 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 code in specifically really because we haven't we haven't got that as part of our rpg although that would be something very interesting to cover actually i'm, I'm interested how they would how you'd go about doing that whether you'd uh, have coroutines to try and go through a, a set series of of actions it always feels like there's there's some kind of set series of i'm gonna attack three times like this and then three times like that so it'd be interesting maybe an interesting one to cover but i've not got that planned at the moment just to be clear i think i think that was it from me i think my voice is like slowly deteriorating and you guys don't want to hear me hacking and coughing for the for the rest of the time so um there, there was a another question here which someone was asking what microphone i use which is not rpg related but um this is the rode podcaster microphone very good mic and very easy to use very easy to very easy to set up because it's a usb microphone cool so um yeah that well thank you everyone who came and asked questions made this uh made this event happen made this ama happen we really hope that you're going to enjoy the course really look forward to seeing everyone's feedback do go and take the content leave us lots of feedback uh, i'm very active in patching and improving the course right now because i'm like right in the midst of things so any feedback that you provide will very likely end up in the course so come come and help us steer the direction of the course yes thank you thank you lucy and thank you to everyone for for coming and asking your questions and um, making it a lovely lovely afternoon we'll see you i'll see you soon well that's it thanks for listening you can find all gamedev.tv courses at courses.gamedev.tv slash courses or in the show notes with a 10 percent discount get started with your game development journey today